So the first principle is this, embrace volatility and chaos. Embrace volatility and chaos. Understand that a system needs volatility and chaos because it destroys the fragile parts of the business or your system and strengthens the surviving parts. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. Glad to have you today. And guess what? This is a solo podcast. It's just me. Um, I know we do a lot of interviews, but when I have something of value, something that's really more personal to me, I love to just jump on and share it with you. So I read a book a couple of years ago, one that you might have heard of called Principles by Ray Dalio. I highly recommend you pick it up if you haven't. And so what Ray did was over time, the different experiences he had, the different failures, the different moments of pain, he always took time to kind of go underneath that and pull out the lesson, the principle that he needed to take with him, that he needed to remember when this thing happened again so he would know how to deal with it. And the value of doing that also was his ability to pass these principles down to his team. So they didn't have to go through the same experiences he did without being kind of prepped, without having a tool of a a method, um, really knowledge, a a principle about how to deal with that particular challenging uh, experience. This really hit me because Ray said in all of his years, this was the most important thing he felt like he ever took time to do. So I read a lot of books and not often do I close a book and go, you know what, I'm actually going to execute on this um, at a deep level. So I spent time, took me you know, probably about a week to really write out all of my principles. Um, I had kept everything I've read, all my highlights, notes, even all the way back to school. So it was easy for me to go through all the material I read and really start to write out the principles. And so I created really like an eight-page document. Um, with all of the different principles that I had picked up on my life. And I'm going to tell you, it was, it was profound to see all of those lessons together in one place. And so it's something now that uh, I can share. And I know people ask me a lot of times, like, Chris, if you could go back, like, what would you do differently? And so here's what you're going to get today in this episode. Uh, I picked a handful of principles, um, ones that I wish someone had told me in the beginning when I was... Uh, first getting into real estate or even within those first couple years, like I wish I would have known about this sooner because it would have saved me a lot of pain and heartache. And more importantly, when that challenge came down, you know, the pipe, you know, I had something in my tool belt to be able to deal with it. And so today I've handpicked some that I want to share with all of you and some ones I think, you know, particularly if you're newer to the game, you're going to go, man, That's really valuable. I'm glad to kind of have that and be looking out for it. So the way that I write out my principles is I have a catchphrase. And then from that, I have a description, just a couple sentences that really elaborate on what that principle is. And so that's how I'm going to communicate them to you today. So the first principle is this, 
Embrace volatility and chaos. Embrace volatility and chaos. Understand that a system needs volatility and chaos because it destroys the fragile parts of the business or your system and strengthens the surviving parts. If chaos and volatility were removed from the system or removed from your business, your business would just stop improving over time. You've got to come to terms, both you and myself, with the fact that our business is fueled by volatility and we got to utilize that to our advantage. So let me tell you why this is so relevant right now. We're in 2020, if you're listening to this, and we've definitely experienced a lot of volatility. And what you have to begin to understand that if we don't have volatility and chaos, if the market doesn't get challenged like it did in 2008 and other time, then what will happen over time is it'll become weak. So I want you to think of your business. I want you to think of the economy like your physical body. If you quit lifting weights, if you quit exercising, if you quit putting stress and pressure on your body, what would happen over time? It would begin, obviously, to deteriorate. And the same is true with your business. In a time like 2020, what's so valuable is it's causing you to get rid of the weakest parts of your business and focus on the strengths and build those stronger. And so here's what it does. It helps you look at the other side of the coin because in the beginning, when I would experience chaos and volatility because of the economy or different things, I would get frustrated and I would want this like to never happen again and to be removed. But for me, that that was ignorance because I didn't understand that the very thing I wanted to remove was the very thing that my business needed in order to get better. And so I hope you take this principle with you, even particularly right now, that you embrace volatility and chaos and you actually view it as a good thing, just like you view exercise and stress on your body as a good thing. Because I'm telling you, it will change your perception around struggle. The second one that I would like to share with you, and this one actually comes from Ray Dalio, was one that really hit me hard. It's called first-time encounters. Again, the principle is first-time encounters. You know, new and first-time encounters and struggles, they look big and they look dramatic. They're painfully surprising at first. Realize that the reason that a first-time encounter, why they're so hard is simply because you haven't learned and built the principles to deal with them yet. When you look back on your first-time struggles, you'll realize that they were not as threatening and life-ending as you thought them to be. Man, isn't that so true about not just business, but our life? You know, the first time we experience a big failure, you know, the first time you experience death in your life, um, maybe by someone that you love, you know, the first time in your business that you lose that deal that you were waiting to get, like, All of these things in our life that happen, we have experiences that repeat themselves and then we get these new experiences. And what I'm gonna tell you, particularly being a new investor, is over the first year or two, you're gonna get a ton of first encounters. You're gonna lose a deal for the first time. You're 
You're going to have a seller ghost you for the first time and just disappear. You might have somebody as an investor that you trust come in and steal a deal. And the reason that these things are so big the first time around is simply because you don't have the principles to deal with them yet. But what will happen is you'll learn from these experiences. You'll pull out the principle. And the next time that that thing occurs, it's like, hey, I've been there, done that. So again, I'm going to use an example. For some of you listening, this is the first time you've been through a correction in the economy. For those of us that dealt with that back in 2008, you know, I can tell you that was the first time I experienced it. That was like life-threatening. Like I thought my business was going to end. But the reason it was so big is because it just didn't have the principles. And so this time around in 2020, it was a lot less dramatic for me personally because I just went right back into the tool belt and pulled out those principles I knew. You know, I knew I needed to get in and get lean and start cutting expenses. I knew things like, you know, you don't touch your marketing. You continue to market, maybe even double down a little bit more. And you heard all of these things. You know, you were listening to podcasts about people talking about these things. And what they were giving you is they were giving you the principles. And where did they get those from? They got them from the first time they encountered it. So the big thing I can tell you is just understand that first time encounters are tough, but realize that they're tough simply because it's the first time. And so when this happens, when it seems big, it seems dramatic, you'll be able to step back and go, you know what? It's not as big and dramatic as like emotionally and psychologically I feel like it is. It just seems that way because it's the first time that I've dealt with it. So the next one I'd love to share with you is this. The third principle is the majority is wrong. Again, the majority is wrong. Do not feel the peer pressure to imitate the actions of your peers. You know, duplication can only take you so far. At some point, you must begin innovating. In order to produce results that are wildly outside the average, to produce results that are extraordinary, you cannot afford to think like average people think. You can't act like average people act. You cannot be like an average person, which is normal. To be a successful entrepreneur, you have to be an independent thinker. And hear this. You have to learn to bet against the consensus and be right. So you're new right now and you're coming in and you're doing a lot of duplication, which is right. In the beginning, you want to kind of copy paste. But what I'm going to tell you is the challenge is a lot of times the things you're duplicating is the majority. And the reality is, is that the majority of the people out doing real estate, honestly, they're just following each other. And a lot of times that's wrong. What I want to tell you is two things. Begin to look for the contrarian things. Begin to look for the person that's kind of doing something that no one else is doing. And for some reason, you're like, wow, they stand out from the crowd. And the reason that they are is because they are contrarian. And at some point, as you get down the road, I can tell you one of the mistakes that I felt like I made is I stayed in duplication too long. I I put off really innovating. I just kept copying and copying because I got into that pattern. And again, copying is good. Duplication is good. But what I'll tell you is, again, be open early in your career to really open yourself up to innovation, to go try and do something that everyone else isn't doing. Again, everyone's doing RVM. Everyone's doing text blasting. Everyone's doing direct mail. That's an example of that. You know, for me, it was radio. That was the contrarian thing that I did and it paid off for me. And so the big thing I want you to take away from this is 
be open to the contrarian stuff and just understand that primarily the majority of people are wrong. Go after the few. The next principle I want to share with you, and I think this is important, particularly if you're newer, is never test the depth of the river with both feet. Again, never test the depth of the river with both feet. You've got to investigate before you initiate. And be sure that if you fail, you fail fast and you fail cheap. You know, I see a lot of people, you know, come across a, an idea, a new way of doing things. And when you're new, you get really excited about it. And what I'm going to tell you is the thing that's wrong to do is just to jump in the river without understanding what's in there. What I want to tell you is learn to really kind of step back, dip your toe, be patient, do your due diligence. Don't, again, get impatient and just make decisions really based on because other people told you that it was the great thing to do. You've always got to stop and go, you know what? I have got to investigate before I initiate into this new concept and this new idea. And so I think that's really important for those that you are new to understand that. The next principle I would tell you is this, marry the mission, date the model. Again, marry the mission, date the model. The mission never changes, but the tactics for reaching that mission are subject to change. So a lot of you listening right now, one of the major missions I hear is for you to get out of your day-to-day job. Um, You want to quit the nine to five, really be able to get that freedom so you can focus on the things that you love. Um, That's the driver. That mission is not going to change. The mission for freedom will always be there. But you might be utilizing the method, right? The model of wholesaling. And, you know, if we go into underneath wholesaling, you might be utilizing the, the model of texting or you might be utilizing the model of cold calling or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. What I'm going to tell you is be cautious on not marrying methods and models, even wholesaling in general, because, you know, 10, 20 years from now, the wholesale game could completely change. And here's what I find. Businesses that die are ones that get too stuck on a way of doing things. They marry the actual model and realize that the mod, they don't realize the model is subject to change. The way things are done are not going to be done. And again, this happens all the time. I don't care if it's the taxi industry and we're talking about Uber, you know, those models get disrupted. And so you got to stay on your feet, hold to the mission that you have that's in your heart. But when it comes to the model, you got to be quick to analyze things and to pivot. Um, because again, the natural instinct is always to persevere. But sometimes I'm going to tell you the most important thing is to pivot, not to persevere. And again, 2020, um, there's been a lot of pivoting going on as well. The next one that I would like to share with you is get better before bigger. Get better before bigger. If you focus your company on getting better, your customers will demand that you get bigger. So if you're new, you're going to walk into masterminds and you're going to walk into communities and you're going to get pulled into the hype of bigger. And what I'm going to tell you is it's, it's a slippery slope because bigger is not necessarily always better. And I wish I understood this in the beginning because for me, it was just like adding on like 
one new idea at the other. I mean, the amount of projects that I would be executing on, you know, in the name of getting bigger and doing more deals, I just got caught up into that frenzy. And what I began to understand is that long-term, you'll definitely lean toward the fact that you'll value better over bigger. And, and sometimes you'll sacrifice getting bigger because you'd rather be better. And so people always talk about growth goals, but what you'll need to learn to do is begin to understand growth limits where you intentionally come in and you set limits on what you're building and different reasons. I mean, if, if you're wanting a better lifestyle and you're building what we would call a lifestyle business so that you can focus on your family, at some point you're going to stop scaling. Scaling is not always the answer. And so again, the term I'll tell you is sometimes it's valuable just to be a little giant. And, you know, everyone's going out and wanting to be, you know, the next Gary Vaynerchuk and all those things. And again, it's peeling, but just understand that that might not be you and that just don't scale to scale. Always step back and understand I need to get better first. And if I do want to scale, I definitely focus on getting my systems better, my business better, because when I do that, then I earn the right to actually get bigger. The next one I would share with you as a principle is don't just do it yourself. There is some truth to the adage, if you want it done right, do it yourself. Sometimes I get it. It really is easier and less time consuming to do things yourself than to train someone else to do it. But guess what? Leadership is not always about getting things done right. Leadership is about getting things done through other people. Hear me on this. And when I heard it, it resonated with me. Your job is to lead it, not do it. And so I find a lot of people get stuck in really the potential of where they can go in their business and what their business can look like because they get so frustrated that people can't do things to the level that they do. And I'll use Maxwell's language. You know, if somebody can do it 80% as good as you, then delegate it. But if you don't learn to give up control, I mean, I see this at the highest levels. This is a lot of times where you see the person and again, maybe you admire the level of business they have. They're doing a lot of transactions, but you're like, man, they just don't have a life. Like they're working 24-7. They're, they're married to their phone. They're married to their social media. The reality is that person has truly never learned to empower people, to, to build a team, to, to leverage, to delegate. And I'm going to tell you that for me, the further I go along, the skill that I really try to sharpen is to delegate more. To use Liz Wiseman's language, you know, my desire over time, and, and I learned this the hard way, was not to be the genius, but to be the genius maker. Because the genius everything's built around you. And that's a dangerous position for your business to be in because when you collapse, your business collapses. But if you're a genius maker, if you put people around you that can run your business without you, in my opinion, that's the true value of a business. And uh, I think uh, it was Robert Kiyosaki that said, you know, the way to measure your business is how long it would run if you stopped working in it today. Mm, that's powerful. I love that. And so if you remove yourself from the equation, will your business last a week? Will it last six months, five years, 10 years? Again, I believe that's the way to truly measure the success of the business. So again, don't just do it yourself. Take the time, 
to learn to build a team and empower other people. All right, two more and uh, I'll be wrapping up here. The next principle is a diluted focus equals a diluted bank account. A diluted focus equals a diluted bank account. (laughs) As you're hearing this, you're probably laughing because you recognize this. This is something I dealt with in the beginning. You know, focus will make you rich. Shiny objects will make you go blind. Learn to say no to good ideas every day. The ability to focus on the few necessary things really is the hallmark of great leadership. A leader knows and does the best things on a regular basis. There are many things you can do, but you have to narrow it down to the one thing you must do. And as Howard Hendricks said, the secret of concentration is elimination. So I can tell you as you're new, and again, I deal with students in REI radio and so forth. I constantly see the head on a swivel and going and just losing focus. And what I'm going to tell you is the further you grow your business, you'll actually move further away from complexity and more to simplicity. You'll really begin to narrow down to one to two things that you just do. And right now, maybe in your business, you're saying yes to a lot of things, but the place that you'll get to, the real place in leadership, is when you begin to say no to primarily everything. And you learn to say yes to only the very best things. The last one I want to share with you, um, definitely a little bit more on the kind of family, personal side, the relationship side of running a business. Um, this is Andy Stanley's principle. I really love this. Choose to cheat. Again, it's choose to cheat. There will never be enough time in the day to get everything done. Something or someone has to get cheated. Cheat your business before you ever cheat your family or your key relationships. Let me say that again. Cheat your business before you ever cheat your family or your key relationships. So, You're sitting here and you're looking at time management and all these things that are going on and trying to juggle all these things in your life. Just come to terms that you're never going to get it all done. You're never going to get everything done off the checklist. It's just not a normal way of life. Life has too many things to throw at us. And so the real question that you need to be asking yourself is not how do I get everything done? But the question you have to ask yourself is who or what am I going to cheat? And I can tell you is if you can get down to the inner part of your life, again, I'm not there yet, but I'm smart enough to listen to those men and those women that, you know, are in their 60s and 70s. Um, And even my father would say, you know, Chris, you know, I've heard a lot of people, you know, particularly men, businessmen on their deathbeds going, man, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. But he said, you know, I've never heard someone say, I wish I would have spent more time in my business. And I think we've heard that. That's a, just a great adage and a great proverb. And so what I'll tell you is you're going to have to start making the choice to cheat. And what I'm going to tell you is don't cheat someone. Always focus on cheating something. Because again, at the end of the day, relationships matter most. So again, just heartfelt today, wanted to share some of these principles, things that um, 
I learned painfully over time things again, even via coaching um, and reading and all those things. And this is why we always tell you the value of, you know, leaders or readers and, and, you know, pay for the right voice in your life. These things really matter because they save time. And so I hope you put some of these in your tool belt and um, hope today that some of these really began to challenge you and maybe to reevaluate how you're thinking. You know, life is all about perspective and it's all about reframing um, the way that we look at things. That's how we grow. Um, And again, as always, um, I love leading REI Radio. Um, At this point, you know, it's become more than just teaching radio. Um, We've created a great alumni program for, you know, students that have gotten in and gotten a lot of value because my heart, again, I love teaching radio, but where my real heart is, is raising up leaders, Um, really talking about wisdom principles because the older I get, the, the less I care about methods and the more I care about the things that truly matter, the principles of life, the things that I'm going to pass down. So as always, um, if you're interested in radio and you want to learn more about that, um, again, I think at this point you guys have heard and the rumor is out that radio is an incredible channel and particularly right now in 2020. So as always, go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio. Again, that's wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio and book a call, see if your market is open. And as always, as I told you earlier, you know, investigate before you initiate, get in, ask questions and make sure it's a great fit for you. All right. Till next time, look forward to connecting with you guys and adding more value. Talk to you soon. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.